This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. It is 1 September. Got to get used to saying that. Year of our Lord, 2023. It's Natalie Winters, obviously. I sit here before you as the co-host of War Room, but you know I used to be and still sort of am an investigative reporter. And the story that Jim has brought to our attention, uh, the whistleblower really watching people who are supposed to be preserving and protecting the integrity of our elections, mocking them, turning them into something that I think third world countries uh, really would envy. Um really, I think, brings me back to when I was doing a lot of my early reporting on the origins of COVID. And it sort of left me with the question of where is the Republican Party? Where is the Republican, you know, where are the Republican officials actually doing anything, starting the investigations, the inquiries? And then, of course, you come to the realization that a lot of the Republican Party is controlled opposition. But I was I was 19 when I started doing my investigations. And I was like, is there anyone else who's going to, you know, pick up the, the slack, at least from the elected official side of things. And there there never really was. And that's where the Chinese Communist Party has gotten away um, with COVID-19. But Jim, I think the most pressing question and the obvious follow up to everything that you just told us is, has anyone with any power in the Republican Party, any congressmen, senators reached out to you to try to back up and actually get accountability um, from the stories, from the evidence that you're surfacing? Or has it been kind of radio wave silence? Uh, well, as you know, most mostly silence. We did uh, uh, send our reporting to a member of the Oversight Committee just this week, so we hope that they look at this. Um, I also would like to add, Natalie, that there's 16 individuals, mostly senior citizens, some are in their 80s, who were alternative delegates for President Trump in, 26, in 2021, um, January 6th, and uh, they were arrested by Dana Nessel because Dana Nessel said there's no fraud, there's no evidence of it. Well, there, there actually was an investigation that was turned over to the FBI at the time. She knew this. And now it's a much bigger uh, scandal than um, she would like to admit. I'm sure this puts a damper on her day because, once again, she's um, caught in um, not telling the truth to the people in Michigan. And uh, so uh, there's also going to be a telethon for these people next week uh, that we're going to broadcast on Gateway Pundit. I think Steve may, may uh, join us for that. But... Uh, yeah, nothing from nothing from the GOP. Of course, uh, it's not surprising. I've been doing this for about 20 years, and it's about the same response that we typically get when we break a, a huge story. But this, you know, this is very important. We're not going to stop, and we're, we're going to continue. And we have some other bombshells to release that we're, you know, holding in our back pocket right now. 
Well, Jim, I think when the Republican Party ignores you, the fact checkers come after you and they try to demonetize you. That is the uh, kind of three musketeer signs that you're doing the right thing and that you are indeed on the right side of history. I'd also throw in there when the Chinese Communist Party is weaponizing their largest ever bot campaign against you, like we just uh, saw reported, uh, at least against Steve in War Room. I think that means, like I said, we're on the right side of history and that is a good place to be, Jim. If people want to read the story and stay up to date with everything you're working on, where can they go to find it. Thank you, Natalie. Yes, uh, thegatewaypundit.com is our website. We're on all the socials, so uh, Truth, Getter, um, Telegram, uh, Twitter X, um, and so you can find us there. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Now, Denver, if we want to roll a quick clip before we get to uh, Mike Davis, who I hear was sort of offended that I had replaced him last time I hosted the show with uh, Garrett Ventry. Mike wants to make the key point that Garrett is not a lawyer. Mike is. It's a very lawyer thing to say. Um, but speaking of lawyers and being scared about the law and pending impeachments, let's see MSNBC in complete tailspin over what is going to happen to Joe Biden on the impeachment inquiry and just a... Uh, a laughable take will be nice uh, by Karine Jean-Pierre about Joe Biden and China. Let's hit it. But this is some of the new reporting that we have, as one aide told us in the simplest of terms. This is not an evidence-based effort. It is an election-focused effort by Republicans. Willie? So uh, Peter's right, Jen, that uh, for a while, the White House, Biden White House, really steered clear of the term war room. They did this early in this year that we're not doing that. We don't need to do that. That has changed as the as the threat has evolved. And they aides that I talked to, they're almost sort of resigned to the idea that at least there'll be an impeachment inquiry. Unclear if we'll get all the way towards a full fledged impeachment. But I'll say this. No president has uh, put the United States. And you've heard us say this many times in a stronger position to outcompete China than President Biden and managing, and I think she has said this too in her interviews, managing that intense competition requires intense diplomacy. Joe Biden is the strongest president against China. Wow, they must think we're really dumb because that must be the worst political take I've ever heard. And I watch a lot of mainstream media. I mean, like I said in, in the earlier hour, it is so oppressively in your face, the lies that they will tell you course, aided and abetted by the fact checkers. But that MSNBC segment right there, by the way, you can use the term war room. I think our war room's uh, a little bit better, maybe at least when Steve's hosting. Um, but it shows you they're in full-blown panic mode because they know uh, the impeachment inquiry is coming. Uh, and it's not an evidence-free impeachment. It's probably the best, if not most, well-sourced uh, impeachment inquiry that we will ever have not because Republicans are good at investigating, but because Joe Biden is just so damn corrupt. But Mike Davis, I think we have you. Um, your thoughts on sort of where we are progressing um, when it comes to the impeachment of Joe Biden. And I'm sure we will get into a myriad of other topics. Well, I think the Biden White House knows it's coming because MSNBC, or I guess NBC is reporting that the Biden White House has uh, two dozen lawyers and political operatives now in a war room preparing for impeachment. And if they have nothing to hide, why do they have two dozen uh, lawyers and other operatives preparing for impeachment? It's obvious that President Biden is compromised by tens of millions of dollars in foreign bribes and other corruption from Ukraine, from China, from Romania, and other hotspots. And this has deadly consequences. When, uh, when Obama, President Obama put Vice President Biden in charge of Ukraine. 
Uh, Biden went on the take uh, as the vice president. He took a $10 million foreign bribe from Burisma and changed U.S. policy. He threatened to cut off a billion dollars in U.S. aid to Ukraine if the Ukrainian president didn't fire the Ukrainian prosecutor investigating Burisma and the Bidens. And oh, guess what? These the, the shakedown was recorded on 17 audio tapes, 15 with Hunter and two with then Vice President Joe Biden. And this these audio tapes were with the Burisma executive, who was almost certainly a Russian asset. So Putin knows about this shakedown. Maybe that's why Putin realized that Biden was corrupt and compromised and took Crimea back then. And then we had four years of peace in Ukraine and prosperity in Ukraine under Trump. And then the second Biden's back as the president of the United States, Putin smells his corruption and weakness again and tries to take the rest of Ukraine. We may see the same thing in China, where China knows that the Bidens were on the Chinese payroll. And who knows, we could see a war uh, in Taiwan. Two trouble spots in the world right now, Russia with, with Ukraine, China with Taiwan. It is a direct result of Joe Biden being corrupt, taking bribes and other corruption, and these adversaries, the, our enemies, smelling our president's weakness. He is compromised, and House Republicans have no excuse anymore. They need to move forward with an impeachment inquiry immediately. This is, this is foreign bribery. This is in the Constitution. This is what impeachment is for. It's glaringly evident that the indictments are lawfare meant to distract away from, you know, the Biden family corruption scandal, right? Accuse your enemy of what you're guilty of. Uh, but I also think Republicans, the MAGA base, really needs to wrap their head around the fact that these potential mask mandates, these impending lockdowns are another form of lawfare, I think, more so to deflect, if not really, I think, propel the Democratic election fraud machine, the election rigging, both through legal and illegal means, of course, the, you know, Zuckerberg type groups. So I'd love to hear from your perspective, both, I know you're a lawyer and Garrett's not, uh, on the law side of things, but also just how we need to see our, you know, Republican members on the Hill actually fight back against the potential lockdowns. But in, in your opinion, do you think that they're going to spin these lockdowns the mandates, whatever they want to, I know the new term for them, they're very good at branding, is safety protocols. Um, but do you think that they're going to spin that as sort of another iteration or derivation of democratic lawfare to try to beat Trump at the ballot box because they know they can't do it through legal means? Yeah, I mean, it's obvious that they're, they're going to bring back, they're going to try to bring back these COVID lockdowns because Republican politicians and judges rolled over and played dead for three years of COVID, right? It wasn't until we had courageous young judges like Catherine Mayel in Florida who said the CDC has no power to mandate masks on planes and trains. If Congress wants to give CDC that power, uh, pass legislation. And I, frankly, I don't even think Congress has the power to pass legislation to mask people because that's not in the Constitution. But at, at a minimum, there has to be a legislative enactment in order for a bureaucrat, an unelected bureaucrat at the CDC to tell Americans we have to wear these science-free masks on planes and trains indefinitely, right? This is fear. And what I think is happening is, is the Biden regime understands that Bidenomics was an, an, uh, just an utter failure. It caused tremendous inflation. Interest rates are too high. Gas prices are too high. I, frankly, I think it's by design, but uh, they, they need someone else to blame. They need something else to blame. And I think what they're trying to do is implement these COVID lockdowns again so they can blame COVID for the Biden economy instead of Biden's policies. 
Mike Davis. Now, I guess I'm biased. I like to have you on the show because you actually subscribe to me on Twitter. It's a great subscription. No, I'm kidding. It's just, it's just golf videos. I would say subscribe. Um, Mike, Nat- if- Natalie G. Winters, <laughs> at Natalie G. Winters. And I think I get like 1% of whatever. Maybe Garrett was able to, to finagle 2%, no, no. but I get 1%. Ten- 10% for the big guy, 10% for okay. the big guy. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> Mike Davis, if people want to follow you, I know. I wonder how I got the job. No, I'm kidding. Uh, if people want to follow you and stay up to date with everything you're working on, where can they find you? It's at article, or excuse me, article3project.org, uh, article3project.org. You can donate there at article3project, at article3project.org. Uh, at Getter Twitter X or whatever the hell it's called. And then my personal is M-R-D-D-M-I-A, M-R-D-D-M-I-A. Thank you, Natalie, and thank you for having the Junior Varsity Garrett on the other day. (laughs) Thank you. I like this cold war that's brewing. I guess it's a hot war that's brewing between you guys. Have a good one, Mike. Thanks. (laughs) And I think we have Congressman Tim Burchett on the line with us? Maybe? I do. I see him. Now, Congressman, before we get into the latest with what the Oversight Committee is doing on the emails, the hidden redacted stuff from NARA, your thoughts on what we were talking about previously, if you heard how they were potentially going to use the lockdowns, the mask mandates as sort of a new iteration of lawfare to influence the 2024 election. Have you heard any, you know, talk between you or your colleagues about what House Republicans are going to do to make sure that we don't even have to say we will not comply because there will be no lockdowns or mandates to have to not comply with? Well, thank you so much for having me on. Before we get started, I would inform you that there's a boy in my office. His name's Pruitt Asher. He's a big old tall strapping Texas boy, and he thinks you're the most wonderful thing in the world, and he would like to take you to dinner. So, We'll we'll talk offline, and um, he he makes okay money. He's got most of his natural teeth, and uh, said he's from Texas. He wears his cowboy boots. He's as he's as uh, conservative constitutionally as you and I are. So we'll leave it at that. You know, I was on a, I was on Christian radio this morning, oddly enough, in Knoxville here, and I was talking about that very same subject and just how we rolled over our houses of worship. You know they. Hasidic Jews in, in the North and the, and the evangelicals in the South just rolled over. We let them close our, our places of worship. They closed our schools and uh, they closed our places of business except for the big box stores, which to me was just crazy. They, you know, they said all of a sudden these international conglomerates have the ability. If I hear music, do we need to... Yes, Congressman, will you hang with us through the break? I I assume you will. We got you. Yes, we got to talk about lockdowns, but we also have to talk about, believe it or not, the Biden regime is still acting like the Chinese Communist Party, hiding emails, hiding basically all the evidence of their corruption. But I guess that's what regimes do. We'll be right back after this break with Congressman Burchett. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly 250 grand. And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. 
but beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. We always like to say, accuse your enemy of what you're guilty of. That's, of course, the guiding axiom, the guiding strategy of today's Democratic Party. And there's probably no better example of that than, of course, the lawfare that they're perpetrating against Donald J. Trump, all of the indictments, the conspiracy to overturn the results of the election. Well, I've said it before, and I will stand by it, that COVID-19, the pandemic, public health, that really was the true conspiracy to overturn the election results, to deny the will of the American people. If you want to talk about how we had probably the most busted election in the United States history, look no further than what they did with universal mass mail-in voting all by design, I'm sure. Now, Congressman, I know we had to go to break. I'm sorry. If it were up to me, I would have blown through the break, but I don't think, uh, I think that's above my pay grade. Only Steve gets to make those decisions. But if you want to pick up where you left off on where the crusade against these potential looming next wave of mandate stands, uh, I'm sure the audience would appreciate that because they probably need their cortisol levels to go down just a little bit. Or maybe you'll spike yeah. them. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Now, um, you know, like I said I was on Christian radio here in Knoxville and we were talking. That was one of the issues that they were concerned about was that were we going to roll over again? And I thought it was very interesting because I've often stated that that's where our biggest problem has been when 20 million or 30 million, whatever it is, so-called evangelical Christians decide to stay home on Election Day. And I said that those things have consequences at the federal level. Yeah. But at the state and local level, really, uh, just immediately almost. And. So I, I think people are aware of it now. I think we'd have the support in Congress. I don't think Congress has the right to mandate masks. I used to get ticked off on the airplanes when they'd say, it's a federal law that you wear your mask. Well, hell no, it wasn't a federal law. It was, it was a rule passed down by a bunch of bureaucrats, and we didn't have the guts to stand up to it. You know, the Republicans, we brought Fauci in to one of the conference meetings, and I was like, who is this guy? I couldn't see him. I was in the back, and he's a short little guy. And they were giving him a standing ovation and all this stuff. And I, I just, I'm not big on standing ovations and I couldn't figure out who he was and why he was there. And then, um, you know, I think it was pretty much revealed. I don't, you know, I don't know if the Chinese thought it would be a good idea to, uh, I mean, they thought it would, would change America's course, but I think it showed the left. And I don't think they're in collusion with the left when they did it, but I do think they seized upon that moment, let no good uh, calamity go on. unused and that's what they did and they showed the world i think they know now what america just like the chinese balloon that flew that was allowed to fly over our country it wasn't so much the information that they got it was our reaction to it now the government sees the reaction um the you know even the war the war pimps at the pentagon see it and uh, and they know what our response will be and it'll be next to nothing we will roll over once again 
if we're not careful, if we do not tell our elected officials, in fact, no, in fact, I do not want to do this. I'm not going to lose my business. I'm not going to close my house of worship. I'm not going to make my kids be sequestered in a computer in a room where the only influence they have on them is is some left wing nut job on uh, pumping information into their little little very uh, malleable heads. And um, and I think we need to stand up to it, one hundred percent. A standing ovation for Fauci. That's one of the most sickening things that I've ever heard. I guess maybe almost as sickening as what the Biden regime is doing to continue to stonewall House oversight's investigations into the corrupt business deals, not just of Hunter Biden, but really of the the Uh, Biden family writ large. Now, I'm under the impression that either yesterday or today was the final day that the archives had to comply with your uh, request to produce records on the weird, super shady uh, pseudonym containing emails involving Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Where do we stand on that front? Well, another another instance where we better be checking if we know of three or four of his pseudonyms that he used on these emails. I wonder about the rest of them. And I wonder if we're ever going to really do what we're constitutionally allowed to do. And we're supposed to be the funding mechanism. And if Congress, if Republicans in Congress will get some guts and say, Say, hey, these departments, like this, like like the folks that we're talking about, will not come forth with these records as they're compelled to do. Again, unelected bureaucrats telling the elected body what to do. I think the Holman rule needs to come into play, and we need to start cutting their money. One hundred percent. I don't. It's just a dereliction of duty. It's a thumbing their nose at the Constitution, the people of this country. Again, Republican leadership better get some guts or we're going to start looking elsewhere for new leadership. Retweet on that. Now, I know there's another, uh, I think, inquiry uh, also with the archives going particularly from uh, Rep. Comer and Byron Donalds looking into how Hunter Biden was using Air Force Two flying around with Joe Biden at taxpayer expense to help yep. ink yep. all of his business deals with the Chinese Communist Party. So is that part of the records request that we were just talking about or specifically uh, looking downrange on that one? Uh, what do you expect to see unfold there? I think that's two separate things, but you got to realize, and I was on CNN the other night and I I told the lady, I said, no, you're CNN, ma'am. Nobody believes you. I said, and she's, she said, you know, she wasn't left or right or whatever. I said, ma'am, your fingers are crossed underneath the table. But because, because I think what's happened is, is that we've again, let another bureaucracy do something that they're not allowed to do. So on these records, I think what we should tie in and we should show to the American public, and we don't need a major production like the January 6th thing. We don't need CBS to come in and produce it for us or have walkout music. If they do, I want mine to be Simple Man by Leonard Skinner, but that's beside the point. But the, um, (laughs) I I would hope that uh, we would show, which I've seen, I've pretty much drawn this conclusion, it's pretty easy to do, that that you saw Hunter, uh, a, a corporate, entity overseas was in trouble doing something shady. They hired Hunter or they gave him a ton of money. They then put it into 21 different LLCs. But then, oddly enough, after maybe phone calls between the board and and the vice president, Joe Biden at the time, 
they would have meetings with with Biden. In one instance, one of the Chinese fellows, they wrote a recommendation letter for her daughter, his daughter or somebody to get in some college. I don't know if she did or she didn't. But anyway, and then you saw some of the problems go away. I think that's the thing that we ought to show. That shows the direct tie-in. But I still think, I wish Chairman Comer or somebody, maybe Jordan or somebody, would figure out how we get the records from the IRS that show whether they paid taxes or not. All this stuff is, the Justice Department is is crooked as a dog's leg. They're not gonna do anything. But I think we should put the pressure on the IRS and show the American public. Because you and I, if we sell $600 worth of stuff on eBay by law, get a letter from the freaking IRS. Now, you've got 20 million, there's probably, I've heard probably could be even 40 million, doesn't matter. To me, if it's if it's ten dollars that they're not that they're allowed not to pay taxes on, why isn't the IRS going after him? That's what they got Capone on. He killed people. He ran whiskey, did whatever, uh, prostitutes, everything. Um, but what they got him on was tax evasion, and that's what we ought to be looking at here. Because if the Bidens have not paid taxes on this money, which is why they put it in to LL twenty one different LLCs, I think that's where we ha- we get them. Now, obviously, any congressman who uses the term war pimp, which is great, never, never stop being you, congressman. Uh, you are, you are brutally honest and wonderfully so. So I'd love to get your thoughts on, uh, Kevin McCarthy. I think a week ago was on Fox saying, we can't shut down the government. We need a CR through March. Um, otherwise we can't continue with our impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden. Your take on that interesting, to say the least, spin. I think we need one week. Let's present the case to the American public. Let's vote on it the next week. There's enough out there. Everybody's got to, everybody wants to get their spot on Fox News and everybody's got to talk. Everybody's got to get their two cents in. And I get it. But this has gone on too long. The We're going down the tubes. We're $32 trillion in debt. In, in less than 10 years, the largest single item in our budget is going to be interest, just interest on the dadgum loan. And so, you know, it's shiny over there. Let's, you know, and everybody's talking about the impeachment. Let's get on with it because we know, we know they're not going to get 60 votes in the Senate. They know it's not going to pass. Let's get on with it. Let's do our thing. Let's hang the impeachment on him, but let's, 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 let's roll. Let's get on and let's, let's, let's bring the IRS in and say, why are they not paying taxes on this stuff? And Leadership, but I, you know, I know what they're doing. They're dragging their feet because we have some Republicans who won't vote for it. Well, so be it. Let them, let them uh, look at the information I've seen and let them make an educated decision. And that's all they got to do. And then if they don't do it, they can suffer the consequences at the ballot box because we've seen it before and we'll see it again. The American public's tired of this garbage. Let's get on with it. They don't understand why we're delaying, and frankly, I don't either. We've got enough information. Are they going to wait? It's every two weeks. You know, they, it's, 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 it's a cycle. Every two weeks, they roll something else out. You know, we've got, a, we've got IRS whistleblowers. Uh, we've, got, we've, got banker, we've got the records of, um, you know, 21 different LLCs, the Chinese, Burisma. You just go down the list, <laughs> and um, let's go. I'm ready. And, and, you know, we're going to end up losing market. I mean, honestly, the truth is, 
if they don't hurry up and go, the American public's going to lose their interest in this thing. I'm, I'm like the American public. I want my pizzas in 30 minutes or less, and that's about my dadgum attention span. <laughs> Congressman, the audience loves you. Where can they find you and stay up to date with everything you're doing? I got a, you know, the regular Twitter thing. I guess it's Congressman Tim Burchett. I'm not really sure. But, I, but the cool one where I rail that one, at Tim Burchett. Um, it shows it right there. That little grave right there is my daddy's and my mama. She's buried there too. And there's and the Jewish folks have come by and put rocks on their grave, which is kind of cool. Daddy fought in the Pacific. Mama lost the brother fighting. The Nazis. He's a must, a must follow. Thank Congressman, you. The thank best. you so much for joining yeah. us. Don't forget about that boy in my office, Pruitt Asher. He is. Uh, he's a good we'll be right tech. back. If you're sick and tired of the globalist leftist takeover of America's corporations, go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon and support a company that actually believes in America. For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Let me repeat, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say only, trust me, they're the only one. Glenn Story and the team have been great supporters of this show, which is why I'm proud to partner with them. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the left, without funding people that hate you. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, and our military veterans and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your number, keep your phone, or upgrade. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT, P-A-T-R-I-O-T, 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. We need to stand together and support companies that share our values. PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. Now, I don't know about you, but the concept of Representative Rosendale, Biggs, and Crane touring Montana talking about why we need full-spectrum American energy dominance that sounds pretty good to me. I think that's what they call a dream team. I guess maybe it's a it's a nightmare for the Biden regime. But uh, the congressman has been out in Montana, I believe, uh, talking to constituents, talking to, I'm sure, the war room posse about everything American energy. He joins us now. I'd love to get sort of the scoop from you on everything you saw, everything you talked about. But really what the sentiment is on the ground of the American people, not just about, of course, the ridiculously high gas prices, but I think the fact that the Biden regime is really trying to weaponize the sector of energy um, as sort of a way to implement what I think is a very radical climate change, Green New Deal inspired uh, energy agenda. Your thoughts, the boots on the ground you are, perspective. You are, spot on. you are spot on. Talk about a road trip. I mean, I was I was considering <laughs> additional security because to have the conservative movement, the heart of the conservative movement in one vehicle with me, that was fragile uh, cargo for sure. We traveled around uh, 
Montana, there's very few places in the country, if any place in the country, that you could hit a palladium platinum mine, a hydroelectric facility, a coal mine, and what we call a mine-to-mouth operation where the coal was going directly from the mine into an electric power plant and then uh, back around to a oil refinery uh, within two days' time, all within my district. So what we're trying to do is, is get more information out there that the members can share with other members so that folks can understand that while it's a great concept to go out there and try to uh, develop some wind energy and solar energy in order to make sure that we have the backbone of the power grid that is necessary for our economy, for our national security, for the power grid itself, then we are we're still utilizing uh, 80% of that is provided by oil, gas, and coal facilities. And I just wanted to make sure that the members can see that. And Natalie, the other part that they got to see is the uh, reclamation effort so that they can see that no one in the world does this safer, cleaner, more environmentally sound, or with higher labor standards than what we do right here. And so these folks that are out there trying to impose uh, ESG standards on American businesses and on American people. And these folks that are talking about being on the uh, front lines of, of climate change and, and working with Gavin Newsom to you know make sure that we address it, they are compromising. Okay, First of all, they're not being honest. They're having a lot of money, taxpayers' dollars, funneled to them uh, through the Green New Deal programs. And they are compromising our economy. They're driving inflation up. They're driving energy costs up for those that can least afford it. And, and they're compromising our national security. You know, I think one of the the issues, really, the connective tissue, it really is two sides of the same coin. I think part of the reason the Biden regime is so compromised when it comes to American energy is because a lot of the business deals that Hunter Biden was pursuing dovetailed with that sector over in China. And Sinopec has been seeing some amazing gains um, underneath the Biden regime. I'm sure no coincidence there, despite the fact that Hunter Biden was inking billion dollar deals with them. But I'm curious when you when you talk to people on the ground and you ask them what their priorities are, like you said, you toured the wonderful state of Montana. I'm envious. I've been stuck in Washington, D.C., though I know you guys are going to have to be forced to return soon when recess is over. What are the issues that are most pressing for the people that you talk to? Is it the impeachment inquiries? Is it the energy? Is it the gas prices? Um, what do you think is sort of the most prevailing issue that people want to, to see you guys address in Congress? I think that the, the folks that I talk to across the state of Montana, they're very concerned that they hear a lot of noise out of Washington, D.C., but they don't see much action. And and whether we are talking about uh, the oversight hearings and, and leading to some impeachment or oversight hearings that lead to the charges and prosecution of what most people can look at and see as common crimes, uh, and, and nothing is being done about it. And then the other part of it they see is that uh, when we start having discussions about how we are going to fund government going forward, they are incredibly upset that we continue to see the, uh, the business as usual when we hear conversations about a continuing resolution, which typically leads to another omnibus. When we were assured in January of this year 
that the 118th Congress was finally going to restore Congress and we were going to deliver the 12 appropriation bills and fund uh, the United States government the way that it is supposed to be in a transparent and, and clear manner. And right now, uh, they are not seeing that. And, 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 and to bring a continuing resolution forward, Natalie, basically says we're going to continue what's already in place. What is in place right now? is Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden's budget. Why would any of us vote for spending at levels that we voted against for the last two years on policies that we voted against for the last two years? That's what a continuing resolution is. We will extend the Pelosi-Biden budget, and, and I, for one, will not vote for it. You know, you got McCarthy up there on Fox, really insulting, I think, the intelligence of the American people and the MAGA movement saying that we can't shut down the government because we won't be able to continue our investigations into Joe Biden. You know what, Kevin McCarthy, Mr. Speaker, we've had enough evidence to impeach Joe Biden since the day he announced his campaign, probably since the day he became vice president of this country. And they've been slow walking and slow rolling their release, just like Congressman Burchett was saying, of all of the information that we've been talking about here in the war room and across all the alternative media outlets, really for years. Like I said, probably since Joe Biden was vice president, since Hunter Biden was traveling at your taxpayer expense to China to ink those deals. Now, of course, you're talking about the continuing resolution. You guys are going to be back in session if I'm not mistaken, in about a week. I'm sorry to, to take you back from Montana. I would much rather be out there than be back here in the, the swamp, although I guess it's not as humid. Um, but walk us through sort of the battle plan, looking downrange, what you think is going to unfold in September. I guess we're looking all the way out through March when it comes to the battle over the CR. So, so first, let me say that the way I, I, I uh, perceive this right now is that uh, Kevin McCarthy is trying to create this distraction of uh, now we're going to proceed with this impeachment unless you guys won't go along with the CR. This is very convenient timing. I personally look at this at the exact same way that President Trump's indictments have come down at the exact same time that Representative Comer has been able to expose the Biden crime family and all of their problems. Every time that he brings up bank records, every time that he brings up additional payments that have come from China or Russia or Ukraine or Kazakhstan, somehow the Department of Justice is able to conjure up yet another indictment against President Trump. I mean, what, what, what is going to be next? Are they going to indict him for cutting the tags off of his mattresses? Oh, my lands, you know, tragedies around the world. And, and when I see that now, finally, Speaker McCarthy is starting to have discussions about bringing forward the impeachment inquiry on uh, President Biden, that, that is very convenient. What the American people want us to do, what the people across the state of Montana want, they want to see those 12 appropriation bills. They want us to finally, after several years of funding the government through continuing resolutions and funding the government with pork-laden, 4,000-page omnibuses with 7,000 individual earmarks that are special privileges for certain members, um, they don't want to see that. They want to see the appropriation bills. And, and again, I am not going to vote to extend Nancy Pelosi's policies and Joe Biden's spending levels. Uh, we are going to demand, a group of us are going to demand that we do deliver the appropriation bills. 
while talking about Pelosi's policies, I'm sure the war room posse is very well aware that COVID-19 and the lockdowns and the mask mandates are back in the news cycle. And I think, as we know from the 2020 election, uh, that those alleged lockdowns and mandates really have been used as another form of lawfare to influence election results, just like the indictments are meant to be Democratic lawfare to hurt Donald Trump in the polls, though, unfortunately for them, not quite working. I'm just curious on the front of standing against what is a potential new new wave of COVID tyranny. I've always said I don't like the phrase do not comply because it implies that there is lockdowns, that there are mandates that we have to forcibly choose to not comply with. Um, what do you think Congress is going to be doing when you guys are back in session to make sure that we don't have another wave of COVID tyranny take over the United States just in time? I'm sure no conspiracies, no coincidences for the 2024 yeah. election. Don't consent. I agree. Don't not comply. Don't consent. This government was formed by the the consent of the governed. Don't consent. And I can tell you that there's a lot of states, Montana being one of them, that have already passed additional legislation after that disaster of uh, 2020, where they uh, falsely uh, closed down and un- unjustly and unconstitutionally closed down churches and businesses. And, and took control over people's lives, we will not consent. And, and I have right now have uh, started gathering up the list of provisions that have been entered into the Montana uh, statute to make sure that we can uh, impose some of that at the, at the federal level. We, we cannot pass these emergency uh, declarations. Uh, emergency declarations do not um, undo the Constitution. And we just you can't consent. And I think the most, I would say, abysmal form of consent coming from Republicans on the Hill was the fact that not you, but your unfortunate colleagues gave Joe Biden basically a blank check with federal spending. And I'm sure that's going to run very nicely with all of the dark ideas that they have when they want to roll out COVID-19 spending. They basically have carte blanche and a blank check to institute all those lockdowns and mandates because Republicans, of course, with Democrats, gave it to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Natalie, the very spending that you're talking about is what we were trying to uh, claw back during the uh, budget, uh, during the uh, debt ceiling uh, debates that we had earlier in the year. There was still COVID money that was still floating around and was available for us to claw back. Uh, The 87,000 IRS agents uh, that Biden wanted to fund. We had all of those provisions built into the original debt ceiling package that many of us worked very hard on. And unfortunately, we saw where that went. It went in, in the waste can. It didn't just go up to the Senate. It went up to the Senate and then was ignored because Kevin McCarthy went to Joe Biden uh, beyond, outside of of what we had agreed to and, and put his own uh, debt ceiling deal together and was able to get enough Democrats, more Democrats, to support that than even Republicans did when that debt ceiling uh, was passed and approved. And now it has been moved out till January of 25, which has removed a lot of leverage that we have in the House of Representatives to try and, and push back on this out of control spending and this regulatory state that the Biden administration has been uh, trying to create. 
Congressman, if people want to stay up to date with you, everything you're working on, the really cool trips and travels that you're going on with your awesome colleagues, where can they find you? At Rep Rosendale, all platforms. I make it simple. At Rep Rosendale, uh, follow us and check it out on on X now. You'll be able to see how you fracture the coal in order to extract it from the ground. We don't just blow things up in uh, Washington, D.C. We have to blow <laughs> some things up in Montana, too. That sounds exciting. I think I'm going to go watch that during the break, and I think the War Room Posse should, too. Thank you, sir, for joining us. You have a good Labor Day. Thank you, Natalie. And we'll be right back. we got Joe Allen in studio with his wonderful new book. We'll be right Do you ever get the feeling that something bad is about to happen soon? Well, I do. And between the distractions and the shiny toys and the smoke screens put up in the media, you probably won't see it coming. That's why it's smart to invest in emergency food right away. And by right away, I mean now. As they say, it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. My Patriot Supply is the nation's leader in high-quality emergency food. Head to my website, preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com. And you'll save 200 bucks on your three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. Enjoy a wide variety of delicious meal offerings, over 2,000 calories every day for optimum strength under stress. Stock up before the panic sets in. Free shipping is automatic, and your order ships fast. Go to preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com. Immerse yourself in information. Do it today, and do it with the leader, My Patriot Supply. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. I always say I used to get to do the My Pillow reads. But now I get to do maybe even cooler companies, Jace Medical, if you want to make sure that the uh, drugs that you're taking, I guess we have the book right here, China RX, uh, Rosemary Gibson, I think she used to always come on War Room and talk about how we had outsourced, not just, I mean, everything, um, but also the pharmaceutical supply chains to China, Pfizer's design, I'm sure. Um, if you want to make sure that you are not beholden to the Chinese Communist Party as much as you can be. I don't know about you, Joe. That's a personal goal of mine. I don't want to be beholden to anyone, let alone the CCP. Make sure you go to jacemedical.com to get uh, pharmaceutical stuff that isn't produced by the Chinese Communist Party. I think that's a pretty good spin for my first read for jacemedical.com. Jacemedical.com. you got to go there. But now... My favorite thing to do in the war room is to plug books. Dark, that's <laughs> not sarcastic. Dark, Eon, Aeon? Eon, Aeon, Potato, Potato. Okay, we'll go with that. So I want to talk to you about a news story that I saw. I'm getting ready after the show to go travel for my Labor Day celebrations, as I'm sure many of you are too. And I hope you guys are going to New York because I saw a very concerning story that says that NYPD under the direction of Eric Adams, is going to start using AI-fueled or powered drones to monitor people's Labor Day backyard parties? Uh, yes, uh, this has been a trend in New York. Uh, you've got not only the drones to monitor what people are doing, uh, but also they've rolled out DigiDog. Uh, they tried it before, they're trying it again. It's, it's very much a knockoff of the Boston Dynamics spot dog that everyone's so impressed with. 
and uh, the, this this move is is kind of testing the water. How much will people take? Uh, you'll recall back during the pandemic, uh, you had uh, authorities deploying drones to watch people to make sure they were socially socially distanced. And of course, drones have been used to monitor people now. It really began over ten years ago. Uh, police armies uh, regularly monitoring people by way of drones and now even citizens spying on each other. So this is a technological trend. If you're on the the um, sweet end of the lollipop stick, uh, fine, I guess, right? You, everybody wants to have power and technology is power. If you've got the fuzzy end of the lollipop stick, well, you're being observed by strange uh, spy mosquitoes with AI to pretty much monitor what you're doing and make sure that you don't get out of line. Well, I want to link this to, frankly, in that paradigm, a very concerning story because the Air Force, I think, just asked for $6 billion to build a fleet of AI-controlled drones. So I want to link that to what we were just talking about. But what do you think the significance is, sort of the signal, not noise, that we now see from the federal government, just and in some cases state, local government, just a full-blown, unapologetic endorsement of these drone technologies, and like you were getting into, the, the potential for misuse is so grave. Uh, absolutely. And it, one of the things that I'd mentioned yesterday, when you have an autonomous weapon system, you don't have the problem of human conscience. You don't have the problem of a human hesitating before killing another human. It's just programmed to do so. Uh, this has been a desire for a long time. Obviously, drones have been deployed, the, such as like the Predator drone, um, uh, for well over two decades. But um, uh, actually, a little bit less. Anyway, uh, during the war in Afghanistan, you saw the first rollout of, of drones used regularly under Obama. It really ramped up. But the technology has expanded so much at this point. Many see it as the future of warfare. That includes China. China has many programs to create intelligentized weapons, whether they be airborne drones, uh, you know, marine drones, uh, land-based drones, all of these are being developed. They're being used right now in the Ukraine-Russia war. And uh, as the uh, CEO of Palantir, Alex Karp, has openly said, the Ukraine war represents a sort of testing ground for the strategies that work in warfare using AI, using robotics. And uh, this is anticipated to be pretty much the next front and perhaps the, the dominant trend. That's unknown. What is known, though, is that our federal government is undoubtedly pouring billions into these projects overall. We just heard from uh, the U.S. Defense Secretary, uh, the D Deputy U.S. Defense Secretary, Kathleen Hicks, uh, that many, multiple thousands of drones are going to be acquired and perhaps deployed in the course of the next 18 to 24 months. Um, you also have the Air Force, the Navy, they have their own uh, compartmentalized drone programs, robotic, you know, warbot programs. Uh, and then, uh, you know, on top of all of this, you have police forces who are testing the water using similar technologies on civilian populations to keep people in line. Uh, it doesn't take a paranoid imagination to foresee a day in which these powers are used regularly, that they are abused regularly. And I think that those nations that uphold civil rights over, uh, you know, uh, police enforcement and those nations which, uh, you know, uphold ethics and warfare above lethal autonomous weapons coming in in swarms and killing people without a human in the loop, that will really make, uh, it will be in many ways a kind of divide 
dividing line between who is and isn't part of what could be the most nightmarish future uh, that any human being could imagine. I feel like every time I have you on, I ask you about the most like absurd out there stories that are true. It's just because of the, the times we're living in. But we got about two minutes. You can see the clock better than I can. But the stuff in here is not just as the book dense and long, but it's so not beyond my pay grade, but it's so it's so there's so much gravity right to it because it is the replacement theory and not in the way the mainstream media uses it in sort of our own way. So got about like 30 ish seconds. Just give us a simple elevator pitch for what the book is actually about. The book is Why about you should get it. The book is about. <laughs> technology. It's about radical technology. It's about the future of those radical technologies. And I think that people of your generation are going to be the ones who are going to get the most out of it. Uh, to the extent young people recognize that we are on the verge, in fact, we are at the beginning of a radical transformation of what it means to be human. It's up to you to make the proper decisions going forward. It won't be up to me so much, and it won't be up to the older generation so much. All we can do is confer knowledge and wisdom. It's up to you. So that is my elevator pitch. Choose wisely, Natalie. Choose wisely. And also, buy the book. Buy two. I always thought when Obama said he was going to put America through radical transformation, he was talking about another agenda, which we've heard a lot about in recent days. But maybe he was really just uh, kind of pre-gaming the release of Dark Eon. Uh, it's, it's layer after layer after layer. I don't think any one thing takes precedence over the other, but I do think that technology will probably have the most dramatic impact in the long term. Transhumanism and the war against humanity. Light words to send you off into your Labor Day <laughs> weekend. War Room Posse, thank you so much for letting me host this show. I hope you guys learned a lot, and I hope you have a safe, blessed, wonderful Labor Day no AI drones spying on you allowed. Let's hope you're not in New York. Have a good one. Steve will be back tonight at 5. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit JaceMedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, JaceMedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, Medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer 
every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out.